0: Welcome aboard the Battleship Retention. I'm Tyler Smith. I'm David Back. And thank you for listening. David Yes. Happy Comic Con. No, it's over now.
1: It's over by the time people are hearing this. It hasn't started the time we're recording this. We're recording in advance because we'll be at Comic Con. Uh and we we like to try and keep the topic some sort of uh sort of on on topic.
0: Comic Con
1: esque. Yeah. Yeah. Um but uh actually next year I did the math already. Okay. Next year the 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 episode in between preview and wrap up is a profile oh, episode. So we got Stanley
0: gotta, here we come
1: or some yeah we got to pick some sort of like geeky auteur. Sure.
0: Or something. Sure. Hang on now. Who would that Okay. Well we've done we've done Nolan. Mhm. We've done your uh what do you call him? Uh, Zack Snyder. Did we do a Zack Snyder profile? We did. It was oh. probably one of our best episodes, in my opinion. Yeah. One of our best remember. profiles, anyway. Like, where X- we determined that he was interesting and dumb.
1: Oh, man. I don't remember this at all. Yeah. Uh, when we were planning today's episode, I was thinking, we should do non-superhero comic book movies. And I was like, wait a second. And I, gu- I looked it up on our website, and I was like, oh, yeah, we did that.
0: Last year, uh, I think. Last
1: year, yeah. yeah. No, I, that happens you, a lot. It's have like, we done I've... Edgar Wright? That would be a good...
0: We have not. Okay. That's only a few movies, though.
1: Yeah, yeah. What about a Sigourney Weaver?
0: Right, that's not bad. Oh, who was I thinking of recently? I was watching something. I was watching. You know what? Uh, I was watching something uh, alien-related. So okay. you mentioned Sigourney Weaver, and I was thinking of a of someone that would be good to do a profile of. I think it might have been. I think it was John Hurt. I was thinking of John Hurt. He's not a geeky guy, no. uh, you know. And but Sigourney Weaver between Alien. Ghostbuster, ghostbusters is and, and avatar and obviously um
1: dave dave sure uh you know yeah. then um what about this okay super geeky character actor slash lead actor in geeky stuff jeffrey combs that would be a cool
0: profile it would i know of i think i've seen him in one thing and even then i heard him he was the voice of the scarecrow uh Okay. Eventually in Batman the Animated Series. He was well, not the you've first one. Have seen voice. him in The Frighteners? That's right. Yes, I have. Okay. You saw him
1: on The 4400. He was on that uh, in the later uh, seasons, I think? Oh, uh, I might not have seen him. Okay. Because uh, I don't think I saw The 4400. And you've never seen Reanimator, right? I've never seen right. Reanimator. Well, you've got a year to watch Reanimator. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. <laughs> no, that's not necessarily what we're doing. Yeah. But uh, here's what I do want to talk about before okay. we get into the topic. Okay. Because I find this fascinating on multiple levels. Yeah. Uh but and you'll need to explain to me because I only I only vaguely know about it. So uh as most of our listeners probably know, uh it was it was announced that um we will learn in Star Trek Beyond that Sulu played by John Cho has a husband. Yeah.
0: And we will learn it in a very graphic way <laughs> <laughs> that is a hard r it is going to yeah. be like stranger so by the lake summer <laughs>
1: uh, yeah exactly um, hey suing oh uh, uh,
0: report to sickbay
1: no actually apparently um what's well, one of the things i like about it is that it's not going to be like a reveal sure reveal. no of course yeah, you're just going to see um that he has a husband and um What's interesting, and part of the reason Sulu was the one they decided, you know, J.J. Abrams has very clearly made an attempt to diversify uh, the geek properties that he's taken over. Sure. Um, And part of the reason they wanted Sulu to be the first gay person on Star Trek is because George Takei is not only openly gay, but is an advocate of very politically, you know, uh, what? (laughs) Because it rhymed. George Takei is George to gay. Uh That is a horrible
0: Uh thing to say, but... That's I'm sure a billion people have said that uh-huh. or thought it and chose not to say it, <laughs> but Hopefully, I chose to, yeah. say, but I chose to
1: say it with a microphone no, like, in front of me. Um, <laughs> but the, but George decay is not happy with this. And so let me tell you, I saw that. W- uh, why? My understanding is, and this is where it gets fascinating because we can leave behind the, for, for this part of the discussion, not even think, not even, uh, concern ourselves with, social justice and representation and all these like social political issues. This is about, this is a, an, uh, artist type of issue here. He says, because of my understanding, I've never seen any of these JJ Abrams, Star Trek movies, but my understanding is that they're, they're in the same, like this isn't a total reboot. This is in the same continuity of sorts. I guess it's a different timeline. Yeah, but uh, that's true. Basically the, this Sulu is that Sulu. It's in a different timeline, but it's That's the same character. Okay. So what he's saying is that even though J.J. Abrams uh, and um, and uh, um, Simon Pegg, who uh, co-wrote uh, Beyond, their argument is that all we know about Sulu's personal, personal life from the canon so far is that he has a daughter. And that will be—he will have a daughter in Star Trek Beyond. Okay. But we never learn. We never meet his spouse. We never— Oh, okay. We, there's— Their their argument is this isn't contradicting or retconning anything, but George Takei is basically saying that may be, but I played this character as a straight man for all those years, Hmm. and so it gets a really fascinating issue of like who owns a character, like how like how much of the creation of a character, uh, and if they're making him gay as a
0: tribute to this guy (laughs) who specifically says don't then the tribute they've got some last minute editing to do it sounds like
1: <laughs> yeah, i don't think they're going to do that i think they're going to uh, leave the movie cuz it it comes it has like essentially come out by the time you're hearing this the
0: time that's true the timeline at, the alternate timeline thing is what complicates it because it's not a full on reboot it's not a full on yeah, new is thing. the same character
1: and so george Takei is saying i played this character yeah. and so i think his argument was essentially um you're turning my portrayal of a straight guy into a portrayal of a closeted guy. And that's not who I want Sulu to represent. <laughs> this is so fascinating. he's got,
0: you know what? I think
1: he's got a good argument. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe they should have talked to him about it beforehand. Yeah. As I'm sure they, two, two weeks before the movie came out.
0: And this speaks I, maybe to the, if you'll pardon me, to the, the sociopolitical aspect of it is I'm sure they thought like, Oh, he's going to be so excited about right, this. Yeah. You know, Being a gay guy, we will tell him what he is excited about. (laughs) Uh, Having not with no uh, uh, understanding of that myself, but surely you must be happy about this, right? Gay man. That's all I can think of. Um,
1: yeah, that's interesting.
0: Hmm. Boy, Oh boy. What an odd turn of events. (laughs) I did not know that was his, I knew he had an objection. I didn't know it was that. And that's like a, that's kind of a super great objection. And uh, Not a geeky one. This is not like, it's like, it's not him saying, well, that's not true to the original character. It's, well, I was playing it this way. Yeah. Do I not count?
1: Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Which, like that, um, uh, in terms of who owns a a character, did you read the, just like yesterday, um, as of the recording of this, uh, the interview with Richard Schiff in the A.V. Club. I did, yes. Where he talks at length about how unhappy he was with the, what they did with Toby, his character in the West Wing, yes. at the end. Um, yeah, I mean, especially on a TV show, and well, this will tie, tie into our main topic, Like yeah. when, a, when an actor has so much time to craft a role. And also... Um, one thing that's different between a movie and a TV show is that the movie in most cases is written by the time the actor says word one. Yeah. Obviously there are a lot of movies (laughs) that are written on the fly and they usually don't turn out very well. Um, uh, But what that means is that not only does the character, does the actor spend more time with the character, the writers learn how the actor is playing the character and can write to that. And so it seems like, Maybe in a TV show even more so than a movie, um, we should really be granting the actor a little more authorship over, over the character. Even though he or she may not have, have created the kernel of the character, yeah. it's been five years or seven years in the terms of Toby on West Wing. Like, no. Have some respect for what they did. They are part of the creative team on, the, on this person.
0: Well, and what's interesting is this, is this is the very first conversation I ever had with friend of the show, Kevin Porter. Um, was what do we think about what they did to Toby?
1: Uh-huh.
0: And um, and he was, you know, he thought it was sacrilege, and I thought like maybe it's a testament to Richard Schiff as an actor that he sold it and that I believed it. The the thing that they have him do, especially
1: given that he clearly was not ha- like, yeah. I read in this interview, he's like, this it's been ten years now, like he's furious, yeah, and he's still mad. I think I can safely by, say like,
0: not even so much that he's wrong, but that it's just like. 'cause his his whole thing is is you know they're going against the character that I craft him. It's like I don't know, they craft him as the character is a full on idealist in a mm-hmm. lot of ways there there's a world weariness to him, obviously, but the thing that they have him do and the thing that that sets it off is something that I feel like an idealist would do, and it's especially one that has been put upon and one that is dealing with some personal issues, and then finally not even necessarily snaps but makes a decision that is emotionally based. Um, but requires you know and uh, a certain uh, intellectual deal making mm. uh with oneself and i feel like uh that fits with that character and uh but it also might just be his performance that links everything together and he found a way to make it work
1: well it sounds like we have an episode topic for the future which is who owns a role absolutely and
0: especially with TV, with with tv i think yeah the the part of the actor uh cannot be under uh, cannot be Overestimated. Yeah. 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 Okay.
1: All right. Uh, let's pay some bills. Indeed. So, listeners,
0: this episode is brought to you by Mubi, a curated online cinema that brings its members a handpicked selection of the best independent, international, and classic films every day. Mubi's curators introduce a new title, and you have thirty days to watch it. That means there's always thirty wonderful films to enjoy, all for only five ninety nine a month. Plus, when you use the mobile, uh, their mobile apps, you can download films to watch offline. And there is uh, also a special offer for listeners of Battleship Retention. That's you. You can try Mubi free for a month. You ch- uh, just go to Mubi.com. That's dot com slash Battleship to redeem now.
1: And you can also uh, get some cool stuff over at TweakedAudio.com, mostly earbuds, but also wristwatches. We never talk about the wristwatches. That's right. We don't, (laughs) but they have wristwatches. Um, Anyway, they have earbuds, mostly the professional quality. Yes, yeah, so you uh, stick to the
0: script. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it threw you off?
1: It didn't. Uh, I, I've decided. I discovered something about myself, which is that apparently I like saying the word wristwatch. Wristwatch, uh, sure. Uh, anyway, um, they got great earbuds, uh, professional quality. They sound great. They do look great. They're, they put a lot of uh, effort into styling these things, uh, and they're available at a low, low price at TweakedAudio.com. But if you use the offer code Pretension when you reach checkout you can get one third off that low, low price, uh, and no shipping charges. So go to tweaked and use the offer code pretension.
0: What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Now, David. Okay. In the spirit of Comic-Con. Okay. Let me suggest, and since we're trying to, you know, sell people stuff, um... We haven't mentioned this in a while. Okay. We have a number of commentaries available. Yeah. Uh, that are great way to try on...
1: out your tweaked
0: uh, yeah. audio earbuds. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and you know you need to take a break from watching all those movie films uh, to watch something full on nerdy. Although movie has nerdy stuff from time to time. Sure. They had Sin City recently. Um, and so uh, we have done a number of commentaries. I think we've done what of it? Uh, what is it? Four? I think we've done four.
1: Okay. We did the. You got your your Hobbitses? Yeah. You got your aliens is. It's Lords of the Ring please. Uh that's yeah, you're right. Aliens is Lords of the Rings is aliens is yeah. uh slashers is yeah and Batman.
0: <laughs> yeah that's right. Yes, yes. <laughs> 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 Batman <laughs> and Robin. There's only the one. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's true. Um so yeah, uh, let me explain what these are. These are marathon commentaries, which is to say we pick a franchise or a genre. David and I start re- start recording at noon. And David and I and we, we watch these movies one right after another. It takes about eight to nine hours. David mm-hmm. and I are there the whole time. Which you'll be, which if you listen to these in rapid succession, you'll figure that out pretty quick. Because right around hour number six, we start getting really punchy. Yeah. yeah. Um. But still, somehow, remarkably insightful. So, but we it's can't not just help but
1: be remarkably insightful. Exactly. <laughs>
0: We've been doing this for a while, but uh, <laughs> but that's the thing is uh, it's not just me and David. Every half hour, roughly, we'll bring in a guest. Sometimes it's a critic. Sometimes it's an actor. Sometimes it's a comedian. Yeah. And uh, they have separate uh, insights into... Uh, into the the film or the franchise or whatever, and so yeah, so the first commentary the three theatrical uh, theatrical theatrical cuts of Lord of the Rings, and then it was uh, the four Alien films. Mm-hmm. Um, Not yeah, no AVP. Yeah, because it doesn't count. That that's, da, that's yeah. basically has been wiped from the earth as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> uh, and then we have then we thought outside the box a little bit, um, and we watched five slasher movies.
1: Yeah, can we you watched remember
0: them all. Psycho. Yep. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I'm sorry, the what? Oh, sorry, the Texas Chain Saw Massacre. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween, Child's Play, and Scream.
1: Oh yeah, that was a good, that was a fun day.
0: Uh, and then uh, and then we did the the Tim Burton and Joel Schumacher Batman films. Yeah. Now, particular highlights watching scream with bill dwyer in which he decides he's going to come onto everybody's
1: sweaters yeah this is going to be a sweater base. yes uh Uh, going back to the aliens one wayne fetterman's uh obsession with a sort of banal line of dialogue in aliens sort of became the focal point of his entire 30 (laughs) 35 minutes on the show
0: oh no he was there he was Oh, that's he right. he came in 30 minutes in and then we had a guest who couldn't make it and so wayne stayed the whole time so yeah, wayne yeah. is there for about You're two a wayne hours
1: betterman fan there's a lot of him on the aliens <laughs> uh commentary that's yeah. right
0: uh and then for our slasher uh commentary uh for i believe halloween we got to hear uh paul gobel to uh be a be a realtor in haddonfield <laughs> oh, right, <yeah>. um <laughs> lots of great stuff and then uh our friend uh, west anthony is there for a lot of these talking about the the often very memorable music of these films yeah so it's a great deal of fun and the situation is uh you can buy i believe we we put it down to it's three dollars per commentary i think for lord of the rings because they're longer i think it's four dollars per commentary or you can just get the whole set for each commentary for uh for ten dollars
1: which is always the smarter way to go and all absolutely uh, because it's you know uh more affordable that way you're saving money that way but yeah. also because it's best to get the whole experience
0: i do think so yes it's yeah. nice to you you get a nice build if you you know if you jump to batman forever i don't know why anybody would do that but if you <laughs> jump to batman forever you're not going to get a lot of the fun that came before yeah you know what does it sound like to have scott and i and paul Goebel in the same commentary you're not going to know unless you buy that batman returns commentary yeah. and marvel at the two at the dynamic
1: so, yeah weirdly fitting chemistry those two <laughs> I <know>. weirdly fitting <laughs> that's strange yeah uh, all right yeah i'm glad you decided to to, to mention those um, yeah and it's it's a, it's
0: a way to way. Yeah. it's fun and it's a way to support the show
1: support the show and yeah and you get to see more of our geeky side boy yeah yeah uh all right let's get into it shall we indeed um speaking of geekdom and speaking as we were before the uh, ad break uh of of television uh one thing we commented on with uh and thank you to Mike Celestino for being here last week oh, and helping absolutely. preview uh this year's San Diego Comic Con International. Um one thing we commented on was the 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 shifting fortunes uh of T V versus movies and how TV yes. has really become the driving force of of Comic Con yeah. um in terms of uh you know fan excitement. Fans are attending for TV stuff, the presence of TV studios is uh, and networks is it's uh, just way out of uh, out of proportion to the movie ones uh, and also the the off sites you know a lot of the a lot of the things that companies put a lot of uh, money into um, are, are are TV related FX has a huge thing this year yep. like they did uh, last year uh, Vikings has gone all out in multiple years the one part one point they built like a river in a parking lot did you ever see that i guess i didn't Uh, it was over on first um and it was uh you could get into a tiny it was like a tiny viking ship like the kind if there were a vikings right at uh in fantasyland edition it would be that size like viking ship all right and a couple people two three people whatever could get in at a time and get your picture taken and you go down this like just across the parking lot in this weird little, water, like, moving waterway that they built.
0: I have to assume nothing captures the experience of watching the show Vikings, <laughs> like getting in an adorable little Viking ship <laughs> and just wheeling across a parking lot yeah. or floating across really, a parking you were lot, floating. It was, this was yes. a,
1: a real working
0: waterway. Yeah. That is yeah. more interesting than, you know, anything specifically. Is, the, is Vikings, does that have a big, I guess this gets us into the, into the, the, Topic. yeah that is Vikings have a big following I guess everything does that's
1: exactly why we wanted to talk about this this topic I think because Vikings is not necessary it's not based on the old ideas of what like a geeky property would be this is not really that because it's not fantasy Vikings this yeah. is a this is a historic a, an historical drama yeah um but I think there's something about television i think this has been true since before the like revolution of nerd culture you know yeah. to some extent this has always been true but it's uh maybe maybe uh studios and journalists and everyone are, are more aware of it now and are able to feed into it now yeah but television it is easy to be geeky about television and fun to be geeky about television whether the thing you're you're watching, yeah. is necessarily quote unquote geeky. Yeah. You know, when we think of geek genres or nerd genres, yeah. you're talking mostly about science fiction. Certainly, yeah, uh, horror. Yeah, um, what else? Fantasy. Uh, which, fantasy. Yeah, uh, superheroes. Yeah, um, there's probably some other things that I'm that I'm leaving off.
0: I mean, I guess you could consider crime a genre, sort of. But I see, but I not mean, not to the ex- not not a geeky genre.
1: I, I think what I'm. Now, see, now we're getting off topic already, but this is interesting to me. How we think classically of what geek genres are, and I think it's not. It maybe has less to do with the type of people who like those things, yeah, than it has to do with the fact that so much of the mainstream would traditionally say, "I am not into that." Sure, you know am saying, like, sure, because the ma- mainstream people love crime movies. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's That's, true. that's always, a, but it's not uncommon for for someone uh, in the mainstream to say, or at least pre game of Thrones. And this is something we'll talk about too, to say, I'm not into fantasy or I'm not into sci-fi. I don't like horror, that sort of stuff. Um, uh, so I think that's kind of what defines it, but that's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is how did a show an historical drama like Vikings, um, become a huge, uh, geek property. And part of that, I'm getting. I thought this was going to be an like a, a of course short not. episode, of course not. but I'm actually like finding already finding more things to be uh, fascinated about by it. Honestly, part of the reason Vikings is a geeky property is because history, um, not the word history, but history, the network, yeah. the History Channel, uh, has pushed it as such. Yeah, the, you know when they, they're when there's a big waterway that they're building activation at at, at uh, Comic Con, it's because they're. Uh, they're making a commitment to have a big presence at Comic-Con. And that's yeah. something that history has done with Vikings since the first season. Yeah. Like they have really pushed, like, we're going to be at Comic-Con every year. and We're going to do something big. And we're going to be a big presence. Yeah. Um, and uh, I guess that gets into what we're talking about is that uh, studios and uh, the people who are holding on to the money and hoping to make the money off of shows are realizing this is a way to do that.
0: Yeah yeah it's um because i'm trying to because when we first thought of this topic a a few days ago i had this thought of like okay well i wanted to go back to okay what are the shows that people have been geeky about and i i feel like now it can be literally any show it Mm -hmm. can and often is literally every show yeah but I think it's I think it's safe to say, and you know, obviously, somebody like a Paul Goebel would be better equipped to talk about this. But I feel like it has to start with Star Trek, right? I can't hmm. think. I mean, there are people that enjoyed Twilight Zone. You know, there are people that enjoyed I Love Lucy. But I really, and I, I guess there are people that were into like you know, Dark Shadows and that sort when of thing. When was the
1: Prisoner? I know that's mm, that's true. But that's um, outside the U.S. It's a different. That's true. Yes. Uh,
0: but I would say that The Prisoner is, an, is a different world. Star Trek is a different world. X Files is a different world. Mm-hmm. There's something about Vikings, though it is historical, is a different world. And when I'm thinking about it, Mad Men is kind of a different world. I think that there's something about. Uh, I, I wouldn't say that Mad Men is a genre show, but anytime the viewer has to be reintroduced
1: to reality or, or when, here's a word that I, uh, that you hear a lot world building. Sure. Sure. Any, so I think, I see what you're saying. Any, any, uh, show that requires on the part of the writers, a bit of world, be- world building yeah. is the kind of thing that's going to h- hit that geeky, uh, pleasure center.
0: And it's why, you know, uh, I've been thinking recently, uh, because of the more than one lesson top 50 in which, Star Wars and Raiders of the Lost Ark were both in the top 10 and one right after another. Mm -hmm. And as much as people love Raiders of the Lost Ark, and including me, I think I like it more than Star Wars. um, That's probably true. And both of them originate with George Lucas. uh, Why is one caught on as lore or as a geek thing more than others? And people get really geeky about Indiana Jones. But when it comes right down to it, Yeah, Nazis, we got it. You know, or (laughs) Russians or whatever. And it's like, yes, there's often a supernatural element, but it winds up being sort of this weird outlier that happens at the end. Uh, The rest of it is a reality that we recognize. Whereas, oh, Han Han Solo is flying a ship and it has a name. Does every ship have a name? Yeah. What are their names? And that's just the ships. Oh, he has that kind of blaster. What is it called? Yeah. We have names for guns in our world. What are the names for guns in their world? It's the same with Lord of the Rings.
1: That's a great thing. Yeah. And there's just... I always think about that with Firefly. Sure. It's not... That's not the name of the ship. The ship's name is Serenity. Firefly mm-hmm. is the type of ship. So you've got two levels there. Yeah. It's a Firefly class ship called Serenity.
0: Yeah. That's, and that's kind of <laughs> great. And I feel like there's just something that just pulls... And I say this as something... I like, I love movies in general, but as far as specifics... You know, I mean, I, I do collect Riddler figures, and the more I got involved in the character of the Riddler, the more fascinated I became with the different variations of the Riddler, the different uh, origins of the Riddler, the different performances of the Riddler, where the role he has played in pop culture, and stuff like that. And, and there's just something that can be very, more so even than movies and I'll even, and I will mention that the movies that have the biggest presence at comic con are ones that are basically serialized. They might as well be TV shows. Yeah. And so that's a good point. Same with star Wars or anything like that. There's just something about, I can come back and watch these characters Mm -hmm. and I can return to this world for year after year. You know, it's why I'm, it's why I was so thrilled that, uh, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter was coming to uh, Universal Studios Hollywood because, like, that's a world I like to, I want to be in. And granted, you know, I don't recall Hogsmeade having this many tourists in it. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, there's just, and I'm trying to think, is there? Because I know there was the X Files, and that really had, and that came about right around the time that I think the internet was starting to, like, internet communities were really starting to build. But that was still yeah, just the part. one show Yeah. Were there other, I mean, I, I know Twin Peaks was a big cult show and that's another, that's kind of a world building thing as well.
1: Yeah. But I don't know if like now it is, but I don't know. It's a, Twin Peaks was a cult show and it was a critical favorite, but I don't mm. know if, I feel like maybe now the lines have blurred a little bit between a cult show and a geek show. Sure. Sure. Um, and part of that is marketing, you know? Um, I mean, that's the, the greatest trick that Marvel Studios ever pulled <laughs> is making people who are into the biggest movies on the planet feel like they're part of a subculture. Yeah, yeah, you know sure. They can band together and feel like I'm you know, representing for my little niche group, except yeah. is a, a multi-billion dollar uh, yeah. franchises. Um, something you said, you mentioned the Riddler, and I want to get back to Mad Men.
0: Oh, damn. I thought you were going to say, I want to get back to the Riddler, and I'm, no, I'm um, on board.
1: Although, have you seen the... Com- the the Warner Brothers bags that you get at uh, Comic Con this year. No, uh, one of them is a Gotham Riddler uh, bag. So, but. You don't get to choose what You're going to have to be one of those people walking around trading yeah, bags with no people, question which, is about insane, it. which is fun. Um, mm. I've never cared enough <laughs> to do that, but I've, I've helped people. Yeah. Tra- uh, for those who don't know, if you don't listen to to or if you haven't been to Comic-Con, you don't listen to our Comic-Con episodes, Warner Brothers gives out bags to every attendee for yeah. you to carry your stuff around in. And uh, it's always a big deal among the geeks, like, what's going to be on the bags? They have, like, yeah, that's right. Uh, eight to ten different variations. Yeah. And it's, you know, their, their properties this year. It's a lot of their TV stuff. Yeah stuff like the 100 and uh lucifer and stuff like that um but also gotham and i think there's actually two if i'm there might be two different gotham ones and one of them is a big question mark um i will so i people, will
0: overlook how much they have abused the riddler uh-huh. uh because it's not a picture of Corey michael smith it nope. is a pic it is just a big old question mark Well come on
1: yeah um i need it i gotta have it uh, yeah, and then it looks like so you even seen it, it, looks like it's almost like drawn on a chalkboard. Like it's sure. It's like skinny, a, a skinny question mark. Um, uh anyway, so people will be like people who are into different uh the franchises or or properties or whatever will want to get that bag, but you don't get to choose. They hand you when you walk through the end of the bag. So it becomes fun, people like walk around going. Uh, oh, you have the like when the Batman Arkham like game, like video game, is one. It's yeah. like oh yeah, the Batman game. I have the CW like you know the Flash or whatever. Okay. Uh, it's fun to watch people uh,
0: year to year. I usually can't wait to throw that bag away, uh, <laughs> but this year it's gonna be uh, it's worth its weight in gold, David.
1: Um, anyway, man, we got way out. Uh, Sorry, off topic. Um, you mentioned the Riddler. I want to get back to Madman because okay. I find Madman, um, very fascinating that it has such a that it had such a geeky type of following yeah. in addition to it's critical and um, eventually more mainstream following to the um, point that you
0: would have people on Twitter saying like it's mad men day.
1: Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And so one, but one, one thing I want to say about that, and this is how we'll get back to the Riddler licensing. Sure. Right. Okay. That's a big part of these geeky things. You buy toys and you know, lunch boxes and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And mad men had like, Banana Republic's like Mad Men fashion line, you know, which is and then uh, yeah. that happened with Kingsman is happened with a couple of other uh, yeah. movies and TV shows now. Um, they're they're geeking, uh, they're making everything geeky to the point of even licensing things that wouldn't. Like, you're not going to buy most people. It's I was going to say you're not going to buy Mad Men action figures. There are absolutely people who would no buy question. Mad Men action figures, but maybe not enough for them to do a big run of them.
0: I always um, thought it'd be fun if somebody put out a 12 Angry Men playset. <laughs> you kidding me? Yeah, oh.
1: someone should do that. Uh, yeah, that would that would be good to do a very limited edition, uh,
0: limited to one yeah. probably.
1: <laughs> um, um, but uh, so the fact that th- this gets into what I what I keep coming back to is that. Um, part of the reason maybe all TV is geeky is because studios are realizing that they can, that, that that's a, a a profit center. But the key is to, is to recognize
0: what the appeal is. Matt, nobody wants to like play out the drama of Mad Men, but they want to look like Mad Men. Right, yeah. So yeah. you got to go with clothing. Yeah. You know, um, and you can't, you know, you can't say like redecorate your office. Like that's, that's too big, but clothes, that's a thing we can do.
1: Um, but, here's what i really wanted to say about men i think is we'll get into the like, uh, what i think is the bad side of people geeking out about all kinds sure. of tv treating tv like geek properties and a lot of this starts um with lost i think um i loved lost i still love it yeah i'm not a huge fan of the final season but i am a big defender of the final episode sure um. Uh, well, there. Are, you say sure, but there are people who uh, would will laugh when they hear that.
0: Yeah. But, uh, are those people worth hearing?
1: They are. But they. Those are people who are watching the show in a different way than I was. Right. Um. And but because of the that way of watching the show, of um, watching with an eye toward clues and having uh very complex fan theories. Yeah. Um. Lost. Really. Uh really bought into that, especially, I mean, I, part of the reason that I think some people were so disappointed with the way it ended is because if you were watching the show and paying attention to Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse and their podcasts and stuff, they were kind of on, on the show itself, encouraging you to watch one thing, watch, watch things one way, which is the way I kind of did it. But then on their podcast, really, uh, uh, giving fuel to the people who were into the theories and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, which I, I I think, yeah, which was fun, but it was not, it was a distraction from the main show. Well, and, then, the,
0: and the purist in me is just like, let the show speak for itself. Yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, but then you had, and this is where I started to get uh, annoyed at this sort of thing with Mad Men and Seven other Shows, too, but people coming up with fan theories about Mad Men. You know, like there was a, uh, in the last couple seasons, there was a whole thing, like a whole thing. A lot of people subscribed to this idea that, um, uh, Megan was going to be murdered. Okay. Um, that it was going to be a Sharon Tate type of murder. And there, and that there were clues throughout the episodes that this was going to happen. Um, and, uh, no, she wasn't murdered, which I'm not to say that Mad Men is the show that wouldn't have uh, had one of those characters get murdered. Sure. But Mad Men is not the kind of show that leaves clues uh, to future developments like that. Unless if, you know, there's in between foreshadowing and Easter eggs and Mad Men's not really an Easter egg type of show with some exceptions. Obviously they had uh, a, a character um, order in old, uh, an old Spanish. Do you know that? I don't think so. So old Spanish is a fake drink from 30 rock. Okay. And as a little like nod to 30 rock, there's one part where one of the characters uh at a bar orders an old spanish.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that's that's an easter egg that has nothing that is not going to like unlock any clues about the show unless it's uh, okay, I guess maybe uh maybe part of the same universe? I don't know. Yeah. Um yeah, no, that's that is that's interesting. I don't think I I knew that that uh and it is the downside. I mean, if you're watching something like like Game of Thrones where you never know what's gonna what's gonna happen next and yeah. you know, you the one thing you know that the one thing you know is that you don't know anything and all that kind of thing. Um and everything and it's all strategy based and you can try to figure out well what this is what would make
1: the most sense if this
0: person did this.
1: Yeah. Um, but even then, even with Game of Thrones, people go overboard. Um because there was this one uh you don't watch Game of Thrones, so no. I doubt you read these theories. But there was one where there was at different scenes, there was an, uh, a guy in the background who was, like, the same guy in, like, the same clothes. But it's like, why would he keep being in all these places? It's like, well, because he's one of the extras. Yeah. And I have a limited number of costumes. Yeah. And, like... And he
0: might be just a little bit more distinct than the other ones. <laughs>
1: yeah. Like, if they were if they were trying to plan something, they would have made it a little bit more obvious than just having the same extra in the background in the yeah. same uh, blue coat. Like, Yeah. Uh, but people get... And I don't... I guess I understand uh, the fun in that because I, like I said, I kind of got into it with Lost, but at a certain point, it seems like it's a distraction.
0: Yeah, I mean, and so do can you think of any show because you watch more TV than I do? Can you think of any shows anymore? Well, let's say in the last ten years, you have watched more TV than I have. Um, Can you think of any shows that have, aside from Lost, that have? steered into that with the content like with lost it's hey these guys are saying this separate from the show but yeah can but you they, think I mean, of they were any... doing it on the show too sure like sure
1: leaving all kinds of all kinds of clues
0: yeah but uh, i think I'm that's sure probably could, something think... that evolved over time yeah.
1: and they probably no, I, I, layered more into it it actually did kind of start with them because they were the ones who put the to me the where this really started i mean obviously the show was full of mystery from the beginning yeah but near the end of the first season they put the when you go underwater, you see a shark that has a Dharma logo, like branded onto right. its fin. And it was a like, almost un like, um, what's what I'm looking for. Uh, uh, it's almost something you couldn't see at all. Okay. But, yeah. Uh, they weren't ready for people with, you know, DVRs and everything to be like yeah. going frame by frame and seeing it. And to me, to me, that was the nexus of all of this. That one Dharma yeah. logo on that shark's fin, uh, that you could barely see. Yeah. Uh, it was, uh, uh, where all of this started <laughs> but it th- that's the thing is that could have been hey this will be
0: a fun thing yeah and it turned into oh shit people uh, th- they're really paying attention to this yeah so i guess we better as well um as opposed to have you know little in jokes or little you know easter eggs for seasons from now or if we choose to do that or not whatever if people see it great if they don't whatever um
1: well you know i th- and i think um I think there were shows that did this, and I think who that did, um, steered into that after Lost, and, uh, you probably won't remember most of them. I think that's the lesson to learn, is that the shows that go on to be good are, or to be, uh, successful are generally good first. Yeah. And then, like, there was the Nine, or Flash Forward, like, do you remember these shows? Yeah. Um, that was, like, they learned the wrong lessons from the success of Lost. People networks especially kept trying to have the next lost, yeah. um, after, uh, after, after lost. And, um, it heroes somehow, uh, it's like the cockroach of TV shows. Like no one liked it. Like by the end of the first season, it's like no one liked the show. And then it got like five seasons and a reboot. Yeah. Uh, it's, crazy that, uh, no one could kill that Joe. Um, <laughs> well, because it was, it was
0: called heroes. It was about superheroes at a time that superheroes were getting big. And so there was probably just enough interest that they could justify bringing it back no matter how bad it got.
1: Yeah, that's true. Um, but that also speaks to the sort of Johnny come lately's, uh, heroes, because it's, um, essentially I don't want to, uh, Speak ill of the guy who created it, um, whose name I'm drawing a blank on now. Is Something, it Tim Kring? Or is that someone else? I was gonna say
0: Krang. It might be that's Krang. not that's not him.
1: But it's him like coming late to superheroes, being like, ah, superheroes are cool, there's action in them. <laughs> yeah. But we don't need all of these lame costumes. We don't yeah, need yeah. to look all and it's like, well, you're missing out on part of the yeah, it's like he saw Unbreakable uh, and was like,
0: I this this is the way to go.
1: Yeah, it's superheroes and people who don't like superheroes. Um Anyway, I've, I'm done talking shit about heroes. I sure, think. I mean, not not for my lifetime, but for now.
0: <laughs> well, and and you know the 4400 uh, is something that I watched. What were there four seasons? Yeah, I think I saw two. Okay, um, maybe the third. I know that it really started going off the rails after a while, but that was it was a solid premise, and they created a lot of very solid characters, and they they laid the groundwork that you're supposed to with any good TV show. And what it comes, and I feel like for all the For all the talk that I've done about um, world building and how important that is, and that is, uh, if you're making any kind of fantasy or sci-fi show, um, in the end, you want to come back to these characters. You want to see what's happening with them. You want to spend time with them. Um, the world or the mythology, I think, really is not enough if you don't care about the people that it's happening to or that that are living it out. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah. so, I and I think the forty four hundred did that. But from what I hear, you know, based on what you and and your ex girlfriend said, uh, that the mythology really started taking over, and they clearly had not thought it through.
1: Yeah, it seemed um, like they thought through really well about two and a half seasons. Yeah, so that was like the. The, that was the thing with Lost that people had to complain even early on, like they don't have an end game in mind; they're just making this up. Which, of course, they were. Yeah, of course they were just making it up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're not shining the light on any yeah. uh, great crime. Of course they were just making it up <laughs> as well along. But um, 400 really did seem to like for about two and a half seasons. It was like. Oh, they really do know where they're going with this. Yeah. There's something in they have in mind that they're working toward, and it's interesting. And then I feel like they caught up to that, and they're like, uh, and then this, and this, and this, and this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it uh, kind of did fall apart. And uh, so, uh, also, it had the basic cable thing of um, everyone being the exact same kind of blandly attractive. Sure, like there's like sure. there's like a half dozen guy men. On for forty four, 4 hundred, who I couldn't tell apart, like they all look the same. Just yeah, sort of like it's like I can't tell dirty, if he's blonde, blonde or not. Yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no question about it. Um, but uh, yeah, and so, and I, I wonder if how m- I feel like so much of just art consumption changed as a result of the internet in so many ways not merely the way fans connected with one another or the fact that they had the opportunity now to connect with one another in a way that was very easy not to mention this this idea of you only follow the things that interest you and then that's all you follow yeah but i think it's all but then once stuff started streaming and then once you started getting oh you can get this show all at once Mm -hmm. you know it's to the point now that and i i fall into it as well i just got i got an email from netflix saying that uh, bojack horseman was starting the third season was going to be on the 22nd and i was and i told you i was cursing that i was going to be at netflix at uh, at uh, comic con and i knew it's going to be it's still going to be there when yeah. i get back and yet somehow but that's the thing the nerd in me is like bojack horseman damn right i love this show i right. love it and i can't wait can't wait to see all of the next season in a day and
1: yeah, is. yeah, if you're—that's the thing with these Netflix shows—is if you wait a weekend, you're behind. Yeah, yeah. Like, which is the
0: thing that bothers me actually.
1: Uh, um, and yeah, I feel like it's unfair to the show. I wrote something about this on the yeah. website like a year, a little over a year ago about about the first season of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt and how yeah. um, within three weeks of it premiering, everyone had loved it and then moved on. Yeah.
0: Oh, and it's just, and every time House of Cards, uh, another season is going to come up, I mean, people are are thrilled. Like, they're anticipating it. They're like, oh, it's only a couple of days, only a couple of days. Cut to a week later, it's done. Yeah. And
1: it's on Next. to, oh, bloodline. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, third no. season is going to happen. They just, uh, yeah. just this week got renewed for a third season. Yeah. Great. I've never watched it. My, have uh, I. my wife's over the moon about it.
0: I mean, I know a lot of people that had had problem with the first season. I'm yeah. I'm interested for if for no other reason than Ben Mendelsohn, um, who I heard was really great. But the whole show sounds pretty good to me. Um, but yeah, I think there's also this. I think also just the way streaming services now, uh, the way they give us TV shows, which is you can watch it all at once. Like they're really, you know. There, like, yes, you get it all. You get it over with very quickly, but there's this idea of just binging, just, just consuming it whole,
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: that I think, um, you know, part of me feels like maybe it's not that great for the viewer, but it definitely, it, it definitely, I feel like it, uh, maybe uh, is this, is this right? Yeah, I think it is. I think, whether it was meant to be seen that way, like a, an Arrested Development or a House of Cards, or you just wind up watching it that way, like I recently did with Silicon Valley, um, right. there's just... This thing becomes a part of you, and the fact that you watch it so quickly, you have created in yourself a, a completest attitude, which mm. is, I've got it all now, so when the next season comes along, I will have it all then. And... I think that will probably start to extend to uh, oh, there's a you know a special feature or something like that. Oh, there's a little uh, feature at online uh, about something, or there's an interview, and before you know it, you are geeking out over Friday Night lights. Mm-hmm. you know yeah, um, or community. I you know, and I know that you're not a huge fan of community, but I will say that like I applaud Dan Harmon for the fact that when they went to Yahoo uh, for the final season, it was one a week you know and uh, good for them for doing that partially cuz they realized well we we already have n- enough of a geek following we don't need to uh give them everything at once uh you know and but at the same time like i i still find myself wondering why netflix or 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 hulu or these other uh streaming services why they don't do the let's say twice a week an episode every 3 days yeah just because It gives people look at the amount of anticipation every week for Game of Thrones. You know,
1: yeah. Like I mean, not every show is going to be Game of Thrones. That's the. uh, That's true. I remember reading about that back when uh, in like 2007 when Radiohead put out um, In Rainbows and they did that uh, pay what you want thing. They made it available to download and pay what you want, and and they like made a lot of money off of it. And so there were people saying like, "Is this the new?" Uh, format for releasing records and like the response to, from some people was like, yeah. Step one, be Radiohead. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that's true. So yeah, it, 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 there is something to be said for not. Uh, you know, maybe there would be. Maybe House of Cards wouldn't be House of Cards uh, if it were doing that every that's week. That's true. Because people wouldn't uh, wouldn't be. I, I, I picked a show I haven't watched. Um, but I think I mean it started just because Netflix, before they had original content, had a lot yeah. of TV shows and they were like, oh, this is how people are yeah consuming tv on our service is all at once uh yeah. watching you know uh Gilmore girls uh, a season at a time or what have you yeah. um and uh it, it it so from that viewpoint it did make sense when they started doing yeah. that and i also think that um uh as yeah i, I don't like the all at once thing but i think uh, arrested development season four is the exception to the rule because i think Mitch what's uh wrote it like put it together with that in mind yes uh, i think and so. I, I think that actually watching it quickly actually um helps it um yes but uh a lot of shows are just being made uh, I, don't, I actually i don't know uh because i haven't watched some of these netflix uh or hulu type shows to know um, maybe it is changing the way that seasons are are structured probably
0: because there are some having watched house of cards there are some episodes and and we've gotten into like the the benefits or the detriments of streaming we'll get back to geek uh geek geek watching in a a moment but um i do think so because there are some episodes that are transitional episodes where it's we are setting things up for the second half of the season Mm -hmm. well if you have to wait a week in between and then you get this thing that just kind of sits there but is necessary Mm -hmm. suddenly it's like oh that wasn't very good but if you're gonna watch three in a row and that's the one in the middle yeah it doesn't even register as being a down a down uh, note or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, that's, so, true. that's
1: true. Um, but, uh, I mean, you said we'd get back to the geeky thing, but the streaming thing is part of that. Sure. Because I think you talked about being a completist, and that's I mean, that's a geek uh, <laughs> yeah. mindset. I think that's something that maybe, uh, what's the word, civilians, <laughs> quote-unquote normal people, non-geeks, yeah. probably have a hard time really understanding about the geek mindset that, like, uh, that that... Um, completist uh, expert, like yeah. gaining sort of an expertise, expertise in something. I know uh, one of my favorite descriptions of nerd, nerdiness, um, and I'm not remembering, i going to remember it word for word, but it's from uh, the, the Neil Stevenson novel, Cryptonomicon, where he talks about, uh, and I've talked about this in the podcast before, but he basically says to a nerd, any declarative statement mm-hmm. will be taken as an assertion that they didn't already know the thing that you <laughs> said. Like, everything <laughs> yes, is a yes, challenge. Yes, um, yes. And
0: that, that is, uh,
1: and that is what leads geeks to want to be experts. Uh, and yeah. That leads to a completist uh, approach to things, and Netflix seems to be uh, pushing that into the mainstream. Is this a good thing?
0: Which, the, which the, the geek, a geek attitude towards, it would appear almost every TV show at this point, including a show like scandal or yeah, you know, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Is um, this a good thing or a bad thing or is it neutral?
1: I think, yeah, I, am. like I said, I might've said this off mic. I can't remember because we were, we were kind of talking about this off mic a little bit. Um, I think there's always been a geekiness to the way people consume TV. Sure, um, you know, in the early 2000s, shows like um, like Gilmore Girls or whatever, which is not a in any way seeming like a geek property, had huge online followings where people would like discuss hmm. uh, discuss episodes, and I, so I, I, I think um, what we're seeing is not that TV is getting geekier, but what I keep coming back to is that it's being sold to us in a geekier way. Yeah. And I do think that could be, uh, limiting to creators. If they're being told, uh, with each episode, you have to, um, include something that's going to get this, you know, get the the diehards talking. And that's why, you know, uh, actors are, apparently now expected to live tweet their shows when they're on networks, you know, like that's, I mean, you mentioned scandal. That's a huge thing. Mm -hmm. It's not just the scandal fan community, but like people who are like people who are involved in the show are live tweeting it as it airs. And that's part of the community, Um, which is where you get the worst. I mean, you, you don't watch stuff as it airs, so you probably don't see as much of this, especially with networks, but like some sort of event will happen. and, a hashtag will come up on the bottom of the screen, like basically saying, when you're talking about this scene, use this hashtag.
0: Oh, it does happen with Survivor.
1: Okay. Yeah. I hate it.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's it's like, I'll, I'll use whatever hashtag I damn well please. And by the way, the hashtag is going to be uh, worth playing for. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, and it's, that's interesting that you mentioned that the geekiness, geekiness aspect could come down on creators where the, the network or whatever, the, the suits yeah. They say uh you know you need to be more like this and I'm reminded of a common complaint that you and I had about or more you because you were plugged into the online community um about uh Sopranos or la- or rather people's response to the Sopranos mm-hmm. that there was a certain degree of I, I wonder if if Sopranos if the ex- if it was the exact same show but it started 4 years later. Uh-huh. I feel like it would be a breaking bad. It would be approached like breaking bad. Whereas Sopranos still kind of a, attracted a more grown-up audience because this hadn't really kicked into high gear yet. Yeah. But I still know based on what you've told me that there were some episodes that were just Tony and Carmela. Uh-huh. And I feel like when you're,
1: when we're approaching season, season four, my favorite it's season, a great season. I, I think I white caps is my favorite Sopranos episode of all time.
0: And it's, and it's worth Look at the way I just responded. I just right. like, Oh, I responded as though we just watched, you know, the red uh, wedding. Yeah, like you know, Sonny, and to go with mafia stuff, Sonny's death in the Godfather. Right. You know, but it, no, it's all emotional violence. Yeah, it's and, in the bedroom. Yeah, <laughs> which is also pretty. Yeah, uh, and so, but I feel like uh, the the geekiness aspect could be a network going to a creator and say, "You don't understand. Every show needs to be the most Sopranos it can be." Like the mo- every episode needs to be the Sopranos oh, right, right. And, people, and what people think of the Sopranos. You don't really have... Y- you could potentially not have the freedom as a creator to take an episode and have it be not one just for you, but one where you try something a little different. It's like, no, no, no. Because geeks aren't super forgiving if you decide to stray uh, from what they know. And I feel like that could be the downside of... Of this, and I, I wish I could think of an example of it, except, frankly, Breaking Bad, which, as you know, for me, I always thought towards the end, Ozymandias is such a wonderful episode that I can forgive virtually everything Mm -hmm. that I didn't like about the entire series. (laughs) As is Granite State, that is also a wonderful episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, So they do some wonderful things in that in that last uh, season, but they also have a lot of fan service, and I don't think you know. Say what you will about. A, movie, uh, a show like Sopranos or, you know, my favorite, Deadwood or whatever, I don't think they gave in to fan service. They were going to do what they were going to do. Well,
1: David Chase seems to <laughs> not just give in to be openly antagonistic towards Sopranos <laughs> yes, fans. Yes, yes. Uh, which I appreciate.
0: And I think maybe it's because it, it's weird. Maybe he is fascinated that there are Sopranos fans as opposed to just TV fans that like the Sopranos,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know? Um, Because. Even though you know mob stuff will always have people that just absolutely love it, I think he probably just thought I'm making a grown-up show. And for me, it's just as much about the family dynamic as it is the mafia stuff. Yeah. And now people are responding as if it's fucking Scarface. Uh, <laughs> right, that's what they want. It but to be it's not to be. Yeah. obviously, uh, and so I, I would probably be a little bit frustrated as well.
1: Well, the show you get. I mean, you mentioned Breaking Bad in terms of fan service, but in terms of the people who watch Sopranos for violence, if you if you took. Uh, basically Sons of Anarchy is the show that those (laughs) fans wanted The Sopranos to be that is Uh, perfect every episode has some crazy shootout or something in it Uh, yeah I'm I'm basing that only on the first season which is all I watched of Sons of Anarchy Uh, me too where I uh, ran out of patience yeah and it's like we need every
0: episode to be as Sons of Anarchy (laughs) as it can get yeah uh, we can't, you know, the, the sons of anarchy of it all needs to be, uh, cranked up to 11 every episode, please. Yeah. Um, and that's how I felt about the shield for the first couple seasons. And then I actually stopped watching after season three just cause it wasn't available to me on DVD anymore, but it started to kind of tone down a little bit after that. And well, just yeah, kinda...
1: The shield has, uh, this is getting off topic, but, um, it ended up being a great show, but I'm with you cause I, um, Stopped watching after two seasons for a long time, and then came back yeah. to catch up in time for the the like the last half of the last season as it aired. Um, and it you have to like step back and look at it as a seven season thing because yeah. uh, the first the first two seasons of the Shield are really just the first act, and yeah. that's um, that's expecting a lot out of your audience to. Uh, to basically to wait two years before you start to get into the actual meat of the, of what the story is really about. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, not that it all exists. Um, I would recommend the shield to most people
0: trying to think what are, what so what are some of the other, like, I mean, I never actually saw, I saw one or two episodes of Battlestar Galactica. I know that's one that people got really, really Um, geeky about.
1: Yeah. That's, uh, that's a really good show. Um, Although I find that, as much as I was into it at the time, I don't think about *Battlestar Galactica* as much as I used to.
0: That's interesting. What are the shows? Let me ask you this: What shows are you have are you now or have been geeky about? I have my answers.
1: Um, what like current, more current shows? Uh, let's say, yeah, your whole life. Well, oh, okay. Um, my whole life. Well, obviously my favorite television show of all time is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Sure. So that and angel are things that I rewatch. Um, constantly. I'm in a, no. in the middle of a rewatch, uh, right now where I'm doing the thing, uh, where I'm actually watching, rewatching both shows as they aired. So mm-hmm. I'm in Buffy season five and angel season. Oh, two. that's fun. Um, yeah, that is, uh, that is fun. Uh, <laughs> so there's that, um, in more recent years, there's Hannibal, of course. Yeah. I'm, a. uh, uh a fanable, um, hmm. to, to the extent, as much as this is like hard for me to say that, like if I give it a few more years and rewatch Hannibal, it might overtake Buffy as my favorite show of all time. Uh, cause it, it's just so, so great. Um, but we'll see. I, I, still have a lot of, um, sentimental attachment to Buffy in addition to it being, uh, no. a, a, a great show. Um, and there, there was a uh, Mr. Robot last year, which I haven't, um, I'm behind now. I haven't watched the second season, uh, yet. Yeah. Uh, no. the, the two, first two episodes that have aired in the second season, um, at all. Uh, so I'm, I do not know if I'll stick with that one, but, um, and then I'll close it out with something that I'm, uh, addicted to and probably in terms of merchandising mm-hmm. and licensing own more stuff for this show than any other show. And that's adventure time.
0: Sure, yeah, sure. Sure. Um, yeah. F- uh, I guess probably the last big one for me. I mean, I do I do really like Silicon Valley. Um but I think the last one for me was probably Hannibal. Um it's is pretty amazing. Um and there's just and it's so rich. Uh I found the movies uh, the uh, sorry, the TV shows that are as rich as Hannibal. Uh those are the ones I tend to respond to the most. Like Twin Peaks,
1: mm-hmm. like
0: Deadwood. Um you know, for a long time, I, I said that uh, as far as dramas, I, I would go back and forth between The Wire and Deadwood. And I think I stopped saying that now because I think Deadwood has really emerged the, the victor in my mind as yeah. far as like my favorite drama ever. Um, but uh, but yeah, you know, same number of seasons as uh, Hannibal. And I need to go back and rewatch it. And uh, I Hannibal, I've seen Deadwood many times. Um,
1: um. All right, there's one more thing I want to talk about before okay. we wrap up. Um, we've talked about Geek TV. What we haven't talked about is superhero TV, which there have been superhero shows for a long time. Yeah, that's now, true. Now, there's a ton of them. That's uh, true. Especially from, I mean, Marvel has uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It mm-hmm. had uh, Peggy Carter, but that's, uh, or what's it called? Agent Eden Carter. Carter? Um, that's over. Um, and then, of course, they have the Netflix shows. Yeah. But I think where. With, with more to come. Uh, yeah, but where Marvel is winning at the movies in terms of I'm not saying which which ones are better. Mm-hmm. I I like more Marvel movies, but I've also seen more of them. Um, but in terms of just overall success, Marvel is winning in the movies. I think DC is winning on TV with uh Supergirl and Arrow and The Flash and now Legend of Tomorrow um, coming out. Yeah. Um, and Gotham, even though it's not in the same world as and those, not very good. <laughs> right. But, but it, it does. But again, well, this isn't about quality. Yeah. This is, uh, I think, um, in terms of fan devotion, I think, yeah. uh, um, people, especially people younger than we are, yeah. uh, are super into those shows. And, um, maybe it's because superheroes work better when they're serialized, uh, as a, as opposed to,
0: or maybe it's, you're spending weeks with The Flash, and you're spending oh, right. a couple of days with Daredevil. Like oh, yeah. it, it could be that. Um, I love Daredevil. I think it's great. That is, that is a show that I'm genuinely geeky about. I thought Jessica Jones was fine. Um, but Daredevil is one where when, when they announce, oh, the new season's coming out this day, that's a day that I note because I'm excited about it.
1: Oh, <laughs> I just showed of the comment, the Riddler bag. For comment. That
0: is a nice-looking question mark.
1: Um, <laughs> it's yeah, In retrospect, it's spray paint. I think I thought it was chalk the first time. Yeah. It's, it's spray paint. That's pretty awesome. Anyway. Uh,
0: and it also kind of lets me know, it's like, oh, are they, in the next season, are they really going to develop the Riddler and probably make him worse? Um, <laughs> but the uh, – yeah, and, and you mentioned fan devotion. I know a lot of people that really love the Daredevil show and a lot of people okay. that really responded – that really responded to, to Jessica Jones, but they're just everyday people. They are not, I would say, fans of this thing. Whereas when I talk to people that like The Flash, they, like the, they love The Flash.
1: Yeah, I have- Very
0: specifically. Um, Dare, whereas, the, whereas like Daredevil and Jessica Jones, it's just those are the latest Netflix shows. And they enjoy them, but then it's time to move on.
1: Um, I have dropped in on the flash a couple times and I think I even tweeted once. Um, and now this isn't true cause I barely, I watch so much less TV than I used to, mm-hmm. but I tweeted like the flash might be the best show that I'm not watching. Sure. Uh, it's I mean, such a cool and fun show from what I've, what I've seen. And then, well, there's another way to compare it to the DC movie universe is their TV shows are fun. And yeah. <laughs> they have no interest in being fun on the big screen yeah. uh, at all. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I I think, but what I think it is, uh, and then we can start wrapping up here, because I don't like superhero movies very much anymore, but I still read superhero comics, mm-hmm. and I understand uh, the appeal for um, superhero uh, TV, and maybe the part is when it's, there's more of them, and they're all smaller scale, it doesn't have to be... Um, you know, a city being destroyed in every story. Yeah. Like every story doesn't have to be yeah. the biggest story. A bank was robbed. It can <laughs> yeah, be that. That's, it, it can be that, and that's actually a lot more fun. That's one of the things I like about comic books, even superhero comic books, is that whether you're doing the apocaly- apocalyptic battle or you're doing a conversation between two uh, superheroes, um, the budget's the same. Yeah. So you can kind of have more of a more of a balance. You know. Yeah. Uh, you can get. There's as much. Uh, I mean, that's what's always been cool about the X Men is that there's as much. Uh, they have as much conflict with their enemies as they do with one another. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and I and I like that you can get episodes where it's just them sniping at each other. Or, and it's or, yeah. But that's
0: the, you're talking about character, and and that is and that goes back
1: again to repeat myself. And to tie into what we said in the opening of the to, opening show. Of the yeah, show, absolutely. Like my characters on TV and just. You
0: know, while uh, while I think while the geekiness the geek instinct might kick in uh, when it comes to finding out more about the world and being a a completist about the world and the rules of what that might be, I really think that where a person will be engaged with TV is going to be with the characters, and so the better the characters are, uh, the more time you're going to want to spend with them, the more invested you'll be with them because. I mentioned Wizarding World of Harry Potter. It is fun to be in the midst of that. But honestly, I was introduced to that world through a bunch of really great characters that I got that I was invested in over the years. Yeah. Yeah. So, and
1: we, I mentioned the Lost thing and the Dharma logo on the shark fin. That didn't happen in the pilot, that happened in the two part finale. You had right. 21 episodes of character building. Exactly. And there were mysteries in there too. But it, like that show. Uh, especially in its first couple seasons was more about the characters than it was about the mysteries.
0: And if they had, again, I enjoy 4,400, but if they had the characters of 4,400 on lost, it wouldn't have been the same. Yeah. I don't think anybody would have given a shit what was on right. that shark fan,
1: yeah. you know? <laughs> Uh, all right, well, the 4400 has been mentioned more uh, this week than it has been mentioned in all of the internet in the past five years. Yeah. Um, you can find, I uh, hope you enjoyed listening to this, even if you're not the Comic Con type. Uh, but uh, I, I think
0: I, this is, you know, I think this is a nice blending of the two.
1: Yeah. Um, so you can uh, find us and you can find our Comic Con coverage at battleship com, you can uh email us at david at dot com or tyler at dot com. you can follow me david on twitter at davy pretension uh my snapchat's in the bio and you can follow tyler at tyler pretension um now we're recording well in advance do you know what's going on in more than one lesson uh when this goes up uh i believe we uh, th- uh, yes we've done our uh, best of pictures
0: minisode about lawrence of arabia
1: Okay. Um, And I, because of Comic-Con, I will not be on this week's episode of my uh, podcast, Hey, Watch This. But that's a a podcast about television that I do with the king of TV, Paul Goebel. So go listen to him and probably a delightful guest uh, talk about some TV shows that I didn't have to watch. Um, And uh, I guess that's it. Yeah, thanks for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye.